Hi, my name is James Ramos. I am a licensed general contractor at Ramos Design Build. While my core business and expertise is construction and development, I own several businesses in two other arenas, real estate, including sales, finance, and insurance, and construction product companies like cabinetry, flooring, and interior design firm that creates jaw-dropping impressions when someone walks through the door. These three areas allow me to be a better builder and solely focused on luxury homes valued at over $1 million. We service every facet along the residential home journey. Buy, sell, design, build, finance, furnish, and maintain. I have won 10 National Aurora Awards for standout kitchen and bath design and build projects. And the Ramos family name is synonymous with thousands of successful residential and commercial construction projects in the Southeast United States since 1956. Let Ramos Design Build help you with the home of your dreams today. Call 813-259-1111 or go to RamosDesignBuild.com. Let me help you make your dream a reality. The real estate market is open. Ramos Design Build is Tampa Bay's premier construction company. This is a program where the real estate experts are live. Whether buying, selling, building, or designing, Ramos has the answers. Now, here's the area's best resource for all things real estate, James Ramos. Welcome to a new edition of the Move With Me program with James Ramos of James Ramos Design and Build and jamesramos.com. I mean, you know, there's that old saying, you pay for it now or you pay for it later. And when it comes to, you know, redoing uh, areas of your kitchen that can be very expensive, a very expensive project, you know, some people, they want to cut corners. They think they're cutting corners, but they're not exactly an educated buyer. So therefore, it might cost them more money, take them more time. And then the end product, well, it's nothing what they envisioned to begin with. So James, when you look at people who, look to cut corners, is that a smart move to do, especially if they are perfectionists in nature or they just know what they want? I mean, is it wise to cut corners? I think corner cutting is a natural thing that everybody thinks about, you know, so the idea is the balance, that fine line between saving cost and, yeah. and quality. And it's a natural thought process. But when you look at the analytics behind it and you really, you know, say, what are the places that I should cut and where should I add quality? Kitchens and baths are primarily the best spend best bang for your buck. So if you were to do an appraisal on your home, you had just finished your pool, you know, and it cost you 30 grand, you're probably not going to get all 30 grand out of that pool, you know, but if you did a renovation for your kitchen and it cost you 50, you're probably going to get a hundred grand added to the value of your home because you renovated that. It's a very good spend and bang for your buck. So when you're cutting corners, I would tend to not cut corners on the finish work. Yeah. And the jewelry of the home. When you say um, finish work and jewelry of the home, what are you what are you referring to? It's everything from the sheetrock out. You know, I mean, one thing is I'm not saying go and cut corners for the, the shell. Yeah. Because you know, then you could have major problems. We talked about that in previous shows. You know, it's it's a fine balance between, you know, when you're doing the finish work, you know, you kind of want the fit and finish to look good. Yeah. Because I mean, if your trim is crooked, <laughs> if your cabinets, you know, can't withstand one water leak you know, from your sink and you got to replace the whole base cabinet, you know, below where your sink is and your, and your, you know, disposal, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, if it's made of, made of, um, par, you know, particle board, it's going to expand and literally disintegrate, you know, after a year or so. Hmm. So it's real important to, you know, put your investments in the best, you know, most prevalent places that your family is going to spend the time and one of which is, is mainly is the kitchen. Yeah, you know, we, uh, my wife and I, we uh, renovated our kitchen to a little, uh, to a little degree a couple of years back, and 
You know, it's ba- it basic stuff like, you know, just, you know, re- reshuffling of the cabinets, removing a couple, putting some new ones in, uh, you know, stovetop, oven, refrigerator. They all actually broke at the same exact time. And so I kept my wife kept saying, oh, we need a new we need a new stovetop. And I was like, oh, just just use the oven. Just <laughs> use the oven. Effect. Just use the oven. <laughs> then the oven breaks and, and then the refrigerator broke. And I was like, OK, I guess we actually have now I've got to go buy all three instead of just replacing the one that maybe could have saved the other two. But um so we, we end up, uh, you know, uh, doing uh, the, the countertops and a new sink and stuff like that. And I, and I promise to God, like we, we, we do the sink and the, like there's two options with the sink. One, you just drop it right in. Right. Or the other is like you put it down and then lay the, the countertop around it. Yep. And my wife wanted the ladder. Right. And it was an additional, you know, $700 or whatever it was. I was like, I'm not doing that for it. We're already <laughs> over budget. I'm not doing that for over what you're going to. It's going to be fine. You're going to like it. Just leave me alone about it. I promise to God, James. Every day for the past three and a half years, she's reminded she's you. She's reminding it. me about the sink and how much she hates the sink the way it is, oh, just God. the drop in. And I was just like, oh my, I, ju- I just should have spent well, the, the 700 catches. bucks. So when you're cleaning the counter, if mm-hmm. you're cutting onions or something and yeah. you try to push your hand across yeah. you know, and throw it into the yeah. into the bottom of the sink, it just <laughs> no, catches She's them. telling me, she tells me that exactly all the time, all the time. I was like, I should have spent the 700 bucks. And that's like also back to the, you pay for it now, you pay for it later. Yeah. You know, it was either a monetary investment, then I would have been a piece. Had a peaceful mind in the household. Now I, I saved the money, but now psychologically I've been damaged for the last like three to four years. It, it, so when you when you make those uh, decisions and you are looking for, say, like crown molding or the jewelry of the house or whatever it might be, um, you know, is there is there a reasonable way to decide what your budget is? I mean, you you, you don't want to be put in a position where. You're just maxing out everything, and then you end up at the top of your budget, and then you end up what they say call uh, you know a house poor or, or the right, golden right. handcuffs, so to speak. And yes, you have a nice, beautiful home, but you're dead broke. You can't do anything, and that's no way to live. Well, I look at it as the pizza pie method here. So, so if you have a circle, you know, mm-hmm. which is a pizza pie, and you know each of those pieces should be allocated to the normal amount of spend for for the portion of the house that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you should spend, you know, anywhere between 25 to, you know, 30% of your home for the shell, you know, which is basically your footer, slab, your foundation walls, your your you know, your roof, your structure, um and then there's a percentage of it for all of your mechanicals, so your electrical, yeah. heating and air, plumbing and and um if you have gas, and then there's a percentage of it for your exterior, you know, treatments outside the home. And then there's a percentage that should be allocated, you know, for all your finish work. So whether, you know, from going from the bottom all the way up. So there should be, you know, a certain percentage um, for your flooring yeah. and, and your, you know, cabinetry and your countertops and your backsplash towel and any type of ceiling treatment. So, so when I get a client and they want, you know, champagne, let's say, in a particular category, so they go to the, you know, the appliance store and they're, you know, they come out and they're like, oh, this is, this is the appliance that I want. And let's say it represents more than that typical percentage. We have to go and make up that money somewhere else. And a lot of times they're like, you know, okay, that's fine. You know, we're going to spend an extra $10,000 on appliances because we like them and, you know, we'll just take it by way of a change order. And if we haven't done the contract yet, we'll just add you know, add the amount there. But a lot of times, you know, and that's the, that's the artistry, you know, of, of building a home, you know, design and building a home, you know, which I highly recommend when you 
start designing a home, you have a builder that's tagging along that's helping you price too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a fine line that you you know walk down because you don't want to be sitting there with your clients and then everything you know you know you, the first meeting you come up with a budget right. So every idea that the husband or wife has, you're shooting it down and saying, "Oh, you can't afford that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's so, a personal conversation. So, so you got to uh, get it out of them. You know, we shoot for the stars. You get out what you want. And we try to get those pictures and those pretty things that they want and, and go and find and source things. Sometimes it's impossible. You know, you can't do a luxury appliance package for $10,000. Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, you know, unless you're buying stuff used and things like that, which we don't necessarily do. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you can say, hey, I want this look. You know, they're not actually saying, hey, I want you know, glass from yeah. you know floor to ceiling. Is there a They're secondary market the for like luxury? Uh, there is really there luxury is, amenities yeah. and yeah, things there's, like that. There's companies out there that um, that if you're renovating your home and you're tearing out your cabinets, there's a company out of New Jersey that basically you send them pictures of your existing cabinets, mm-hmm. and within three days they'll tell you how much money they will give for, for these you know cabinets for actually take them out. Wow. Um, and they'll, op, they'll, they'll, they will have already posted it on the web and a lot of times they'll sell them if they're, if they're, you know, do they come pick value. them up or do you have to ship them to yeah, them or yeah. so they yeah, come pick it up free of charge? They'll everything? come and pick it up. And then we Good donate idea. a lot of, you know, before we demo homes, you know, we'll go yeah. to Habitat for Humanity and there's a, you know, there's a representative that'll come and walk through your home and they'll actually mark down the things that they want and the things that they don't. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of opportunity there, but, but yeah, there's a lot of showrooms around America that are constantly changing appliances and things like that, whether it's Ferguson, you know, close by here or any appliance store for that matter, they're, they're constantly changing, Yeah. Um, you know, their, their showroom. So if you go there in the beginning of the project and say, you know, talk with one of the great salespeople there at Ferguson, you you know, just say, look, I want to, you know, tell them all the appliances that you want. They're going to actually help you spec everything. And then if they can replace, you know, the appliances. And when I say used, like, for example, some of these barbecue grills that are, the, you know, that are the high end barbecue grills are like five, six thousand dollars. Right. So if they have a used one, it doesn't mean that people have been cooking hamburgers on it. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just out of the box and they've had it on display in the middle of their showroom. They yeah. Don't, they don't cook, you know, in the barbecue grill. You know, Does it still come under show. warranty? Yeah, yeah. A lot of times. So you just yeah. say something broke on it, and get a brand new unit shipped to your house. <laughs> no, it's nothing's broken. It's yeah. just you just let them know and say, hey, if you do, you have plans on changing out the display, and if you do, give me a call and I'll give you my credit card right on the spot. Yeah. So we've done that before quite a bit of times, and you know, over the course of a build, it could be six, seven, eight months, a year. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, they're bound to change a showroom here and there. Ferguson's quite large, you know, business, so. If you get a good sales rep there, wow. um, we work with this this lady. Her name is Janina, um, and and we do that all the time. I mean, people aren't going to necessarily buy you know used appliances in a two three million dollar house for the yeah. most part, you know. <laughs> but but I can tell you, um, there's a lot of opportunity if you're renovating to go to these appliance stores and ask you know, what, what's on display when y'all changing things out and things like that. Wonderful. We'll continue our conversation here with the move with me program with James Ramos of James Ramos design and build and James 
Ramos.com. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, you know building a house to make sure it withstands a hurricane because apparently hurricanes have been on everyone's mind after the last couple of weeks with Irma and then Maria. So we'll get to that. Plus, we'll talk for, with Tim Johnson, Johnson uh, about uh, cabinetry and finishing and, and how to make sure that you are you Good know, taking care of your 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 budget properly. The Move Me program with James Ramos. So continue our conversation here with James Ramos of the Move With Me program, jamesramos.com. You know, obviously Irma and Maria a couple weeks back uh, were just on everyone's mind and everyone was talking about it. And one of the things that I kept hearing from neighbors around the neighborhood and just people who would, you know, call into the program was, you know, as long as you live in a cinder block house, you should be okay. And the idea of a cinder block house or a cement house or something like that to be able to withstand Irma or, or Maria. But when, when you look at that, when you hear that, I mean, one, are there more requests now that you're seeing after these latest hurricane scares for people who want homes designed to withstand hurricanes? And two, can you even really design a home to withstand a hurricane? Yes, absolutely. I mean, most of most of our clients, you know, speaking for Ramos Design Build, do want 100% concrete block homes. You know, there's no reason that you need to build a wood frame home. You know, when you look at the, in, you know, when you look at the industry, people are like, okay, there's wood frame homes; they're still getting built. Yeah, nothing should be wrong with that. And to the extent, you know, nothing is wrong with it. But you have to realize that national home builders are one of the biggest lobbyists in the country. Yeah, so they're not going to go against building homes out of wood because their price point is going to jump from, you know, let's say the lowest price point, well, a hundred and some thousand dollars in some neighborhoods, you can get a brand new home. You know, that would increase by, you know, 20%, you know, immediately. And, and they build just like any manufacturer, you know, they build to particular price points. You know, somebody can afford 150, they're going to build a neighborhood for 150. If that market bears 250, they're going to build a neighborhood for 250 and so forth and so on. So, so just because it's legal, it doesn't mean it's the best, um, you know, type of shell. Yeah. But what we've done in the past is, which is really interesting, there's a there's a technology called ICF. It it stands for insulated concrete forms. So it's basically a stay in place foam block. You know, so there's two inches of insulation on the outside, two inches of insulation on the inside of the home. And the center of the cell could be six to eight to 10 inches, and it's poured solid concrete. Well, before the concrete gets poured in there, there's rebar that's placed. These insulated concrete blocks are like Legos. Um, So they basically go in as Legos. So there's a few people that can actually set the walls, okay? And then we put the rebar in and we pour the concrete solid. It's a fantastically built, um, you know, shell from a stable stability standpoint and integrity of a home. Um, so that's a little extreme. A lot of the, you know, commercial construction is becoming more and more prevalent with these ICF homes. I think, um, you know, the government will, will tend to use these, you know, concrete, you know, hundred percent concrete homes. But for the most part, when you have a concrete home, you know, it doesn't mean that those cells, if you ever seen a concrete block, you know, there's two holes in it, you know, when you look at it. It's like a piece of, you know, Swiss cheese. Yeah. But when, but for the most part, not many of those cells are actually poured concrete, you know, poured solid. Um, so around the doors and windows, they're called lintels and above, above window sills and doors and garages, there's, there's, they're poured solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you if, recommend the entire structure be poured solid? 
you don't have to. That's yeah. a little overkill. But I do recommend concrete block homes. You know, something you know, a little step up from from the wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when so it, you know, people were always talking about like you know the windows of it and. And I actually had a friend in, uh, down in Naples, and I was talking to them, and obviously a direct hit from Irma a couple of, uh, couple of weeks did back. They have, and, did they have hurricane-rated windows? Um, they had hurricane-rated windows, and uh, he apparently had told a, uh, his son, you can come down, stay here, you know, it's a brand new house, it's hurricane-proof, and, and uh, we have shutters, but they didn't mention the fact that they, they had shutters, but they didn't put shutters up because they had hurricane-proof windows. Right. And then the hurricane just... Went right through those windows like they weren't even there. No kidding. Yeah. So it. Yeah. And then of course, um, you know, the, wa- it, the water the was about five feet deep in the, in the oh, living okay. room, so, so the they water, had to end up going okay. upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. So it was water and uh, and wind, I guess. But um, he just said it was a traumatic experience, and that you know, even when someone tells you, you have a hurricane-proof house, it's probably not the not the best place to be if it's going to be a direct hit. No yeah. Matter what. I mean, it's a it's a degree of the mile per hour, and nobody knows for sure. They do. They spend a lot of money to do the tests. But what's unique is, what's interesting rather, is the fact that, you know, when a hurricane is going through, it's really not blowing things in, it's sucking out. Yeah. So if you look, if you live in Florida um, and, and you have a newer home, if you look at your garage doors, they're tend to, you know, a hurricane rated garage door, it has big bars on the inside. Mm-hmm. And and what that's, what that's um, you know, providing safety for is for the garage door to not get sucked out of the home. Yeah, because the wind goes through and then it sucks it out. So I would be interested to find out if the windows were blown blown in or sucked out. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's really the glass. So it's double insulated glass, and there's an argon gas in the middle of you know so called hurricane quote rated windows. And the point of the window is is that if a two by four or a tree limb or something was to go through, it shatters the first glass, um, and it doesn't come out in big sheets of glass that could hurt somebody yeah but as far as the fastening of the window frame to the block or the wood you know structure it's the same mm-hmm. you're you're not you're not buying like oh this is a hurricane screw and this one's for you know <laughs> yeah. this one's for category two hurricanes yeah. and this screw <laughs> is two more dollars yeah um so it's really fastened the same way it's really the glass you know is what is what distinguishes one from the other Mm -hmm. so today you can build a home without hurricane rated windows right but when you get that certificate of occupancy and you're walking through you know the the building inspectors walking through you have to have wood or some sort of you know covering in your garage that actually is representative of each opening Mm -hmm. that's not hurricane rated Um, so people get away with with you know building today and not having you know, the higher end glass is yeah. really what, what you're buying. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about, uh, so when you go to build a house, uh, do you have like kind of like a, a neighborhood, um, you know, just, just, just being generous to the neighborhood where you won't start construction at a certain time because, uh, someone started building a house directly across the street from me and the builders are there just like dropping cinder block and wood at like five thirty, six o'clock every morning. Yeah. Well, every I- morning. We do. You yeah. have to abide by the, <laughs> by the times in some of the neighborhoods that we work in, or, yeah. or it's it's not a good thing. We sent. We start off with sending. We we hand hand walk letters and put them on the door, um, and and we'll introduce ourselves for, yeah. for the perimeter home. We try to clean up, you know, the road 
because nobody wants to see, you know, my signs there for yeah. A know, couple of my months. neighbors have already gotten flat tires good, and everything. <laughs> well, I was, you know, before before the hurricane came, before Irma came, I was looking on Facebook, and this one lady, a friend of mine, was just so upset because she had called the builder, she called the homeowners who were going to be her future neighbors, and said, "Can you please get the porta potty out of the, you know, out of the road? It's going to fly around." It's not on the road. It's right on the, you know, by the sidewalk. It's yeah. going to fly around and there was all this construction debris. She was flipping out and rightfully so. Yeah. You know, that, that, that beautiful porta potty <laughs> doesn't have beautiful things in it and it yeah. will fly around. So I had text, I, I replied back on Facebook. I said, if you can get a couple neighbors and just throw it into the dumpster because the dumpster was steel. And she was like, thank you. Great idea. And I think she did it. So no, I didn't no, see a picture of it. That's great. That's great. I mean, that's, that's never the way you want to start. Uh, I mean, they're just building animosity. It's never the way you want to start moving into a brand new neighborhood. And you've just basically already made everybody uh, yeah, angry with good. you. That's not good uh, Yeah, no, but the people are getting uh, flat tires. They're driving around. They drive past the oh, yeah. construction house. Flat tire. Uh, um, you know, the, they're, they're starting. I always thought it was bad when the guy, like my one neighbor, would mow his lawn at like 645 in the morning. <laughs> I mean, this is back when I used to mow, uh, work nights. and. And so I'd be like up until like two, three o'clock in the morning. I'd go home and then all of a sudden I hear going. I was like, really? It's it's six forty five in the morning. But this is this is something a little bit different. I mean, five thirty and you're hearing like and these giant 18 wheelers driving by your house. I mean, you have no no shot to sleep through that. Yeah. Hopefully it's a short term and, and maybe they'll buy you some gift cards to Starbucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> they might. They might. They might. Uh, so when it comes to selecting you know how it is that you go about uh, uh, selecting the brands that you offer at uh, Ramos design and build like like what do you do based on reputation how do you sure how do you decide how you're working yeah, with? Well, well the first thing I look at is their fit and finish and quality um, you know absolutely number one and yeah. the second thing you know being a businessman I want to have mutual exclusivity in the market which of which I compete so I don't want to have me two products I don't want to have a product that's in our showroom um, that 10 other people carry, you know, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I want it to be a point of difference because the homes that we build are exceptional and, in, in, you know, uh, you know, the way I critique them, right. Because they're my <laughs> homes. Um, so, so we do try to, you know, have um, mutual exclusivity of the brands and things that we carry number one, and then, you know, absolute, the fit and finish have to be a number one. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, if I have a client who has a particular budget, I am still the builder. I don't have to source one of the pr- brands that we carry in Dakota Kitchen and Bath. It yeah. doesn't matter. You know, so if they have a friend, you know, hopefully they have their insurance and things like that. So uh, we we make sure that they do. But if they have a friend that makes cabinets or things like that, you know, at the end of the day, I have to wear my hat um, and say, look, I'm the builder. I'm looking out for you. And we'll make sure that your friend does a great job and gets you the cabinets and things, you know, and I'm just using that as an example. But mm-hmm. but absolutely, we look at the fit and finish. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue our conversation here with uh, James Ramos, Ramos Design and Build. Tim Johnson coming up next Tim to talk about uh, cabinetry, and he is the president of uh, Broomtown uh, Cabinetry. So we will get to him coming up next. Tim Johnson, James Ramos, the Move Me program. Can't wait. Back here, this is James Ramos with the Move With Me radio show. We're here with Tim Johnson. Tim is the owner and CEO of Bremtown Cabinetry in Bremen, Indiana. And I had mentioned earlier, it's one of our fantastic brands that we carry in Dakota Kitchen and Bath here in South Tampa. And we're happy to have you, Tim. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing fine, James. Thank you. Hey, so we were talking a little bit before, and I was um, talking about you and telling Dan and the audience how great your cabinetry is. And we, you know, we wanted to kind of reel back and just say, how did you get into this business? Well, um, yeah, I worked in, uh, I actually worked in the aerospace business for about 20 years. And uh, I uh, decided to uh, either start or buy a small company and back in around 2006. And uh, I, I happened to come across uh, Remtown Cabinetry was being listed by a local broker. And uh, so we had an opportunity to start the uh, due diligence. And uh, I really liked uh, what I saw in the company. It, it looked like to me it had great, uh, great products and great people and and just a just a great opportunity to uh, build a build a really excellent business around uh, Bremtown Cabinetry. Well, let's even go back farther. I know you went to Notre Dame, right? Right. So uh, I worked uh, with Allied Signal Aerospace, and I had worked uh, ten years in engineering uh, for those guys, and had an opportunity to uh, attend uh, Notre Dame's Executive MBA program. and And I went through that program in the uh, from ninety five to ninety seven. And then went on to work in the finance area and program management and then operations uh, in, in that business. And, uh, yeah, it was a really great learning opportunity. And I just felt like, uh, wow, what a, what a great way to apply uh, all that learning uh, to, a, to a nice small business. That's great. I have a similar background. I had worked in corporate America for like 18 years, as you know. And what's great about it is, is that, you know, you take all the learnings and I, and I like to say also, Tim, I take all the things that I, I shouldn't do that I learned right. in corporate America and I apply it to the business, um, whether good or bad, you know, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity and especially, you know, it probably brings, um, a lot of joy to the rest of the Bremtown organization that they have a, a leader who has a well-balanced background. So as far as like engineering, okay, so, so basically you're, you're, you're an Indiana guy, you have an opportunity to go back to get your MBA from an incredible school like Notre Dame, um, you find this great little brand in Bremen, Indiana, and what attracted you to um, when, when you first walked through the halls and you saw the business and the, and the talent that was existing there? Yeah, I think the, the the first thing that jumped out at me uh, was the quality of the people. In uh, North Central Indiana is really known for uh, building great cabinetry, and it's sort of in the DNA, I think, of people in this part of the country. And and what I what I noticed was because I didn't have the, a cabinetry background, I noticed the expertise and the in the professionalism and the dedication to building you know really high quality products and and I felt like um, at the time that uh, hey, this is a business that could that can really grow it's re- really I saw it as a diamond in the rough and so the, the people uh, the products and the opportunity uh, sort of lined up uh, for me and and I felt like it really complemented my skills which was really bringing great teams together uh, setting the the vision and the direction for the for the business, and then um, you know really executing on that, giving people what they need to be successful and and uh, moving forward. Well, tell us about the quality and the points of difference that 
you guys are building your business off of from when you started, you know, when Tim Johnson came aboard and until today, you know, talk about those points of difference, because there's a lot of cabinets out in the country, um, you know, cabinet builders and things. So so tell us what you see the differences are uh, making your brand better than the rest. Yeah, certainly, James. Uh, the the first of all, I would have to say from a quality perspective, it's just fit and finish overall. I mean, when when you look at our finish, it's it's really second to none. I mean, there is there's like you say, there's a lot of there's a lot of cabinet companies out there that that build a really nice box, but the 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 main difference that that I see is the finish. And when you when you can you can see the finish, but boy, when you when you touch the finish, the smoothness of it, the the clarity and the depth of finish, those three things really set us apart. Uh, the other, the way we achieve that, though, is, is when, when you walk into a kitchen, what do you see? You, you see the doors and the drawer fronts primarily in the kitchen. And um, we actually manufacture our own doors and drawers as well. So we, we, we own the process from the start of picking the raw materials and processing them uh, in a in a great way and and achieving you know this great fit and finish uh, from a from a uh, product perspective, but I don't think it really stops there. I, I think the other thing that really uh, defines us and separates us is is the culture which drives the people in and the processes that we do. I mean, so we achieve this great quality through the processes that we have, and of course the people. Uh, that are working the processes. Um, and then ultimately, we kind of uh, combine that all together and really strive uh, to put together a package that's really easy easy to work with, you know, so so we can line ourselves up with Ramos Design Build and, and Dakota Kitchen and Bath. And so it makes it easy for them to do business with us as well. I, I, you know, I can put, completely agree. The fit and finish you know, um, manufacturing and holding the entire process with the drawers and doors and that authenticity that is missing in a lot of American brands today, your culture and, you know, streamlining, you know, the process to, to allow for distributors like myself, um, at Dakota kitchen and bath to do better, um, and actually get the consumer what they want. Let's talk about the culture. Okay. So I was there. I remember what, how many years ago was it, Tim? Like five, Uh, five years ago. Yeah, yeah, oh. roughly four or five. So, yeah. so I I flew into Chicago and then it was a short drive. I think it was like over, you know, what is it, two hours? It's pretty short. Yeah, yeah to yeah. to Bremen. So, so I'm 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 in an intersection. And I see a horse and buggy go by. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean the the. the it's certainly a small town culture. I mean, so so Bremen is uh, Bremen, Indiana is is. Uh, Town located uh, about 20 miles south of South Bend, 20 miles south of Notre Dame, and uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful small Indiana town, and that's it's got a lot of small towns around it. Really good people, hardworking people, people who uh, get up early and and want to come to work and and build a bunch of great cabinets. So, uh, from a from a culture perspective, so we start with the, with that foundation, you know, really good people. And uh, we try to then create an environment where these people are going to thrive. I mean, we believe in people. We believe that people want to come to work every day and, and do a great job. And from a, from a leadership perspective, we don't feel like 
that the people work for us. We feel like we work for the people that are actually doing the work, the people on the shop floor, the people that are crafting and, and uh, doing all the hand work and the hand processes on the cabinetry. You know, one of the most interesting things, I mean, we live, you know, obviously where I'm at in Tampa and Florida is a high, you know, is a state that has a lot of humidity. So, so when, when I meet with clients and, you know, whether it's from the construction, you know, I got my construction hat on meeting them with through by way of Ramos design build or Dakota kitchen and bath, which is primarily a kitchen and bath, uh, renovator and reseller of cabinets and things. Um, regardless, they, they just, you know, for the most part, they don't really know the difference between one cabinet manufacturer and the other. And what right. I like to refer to your business as is, you know, it's in Indiana. It's in this small town. It's a great culture. There's hardworking people. And there's just happens to be much, you know, more talent, talented um, cabinet people. It's the same thing. And I use the analogy of, you know, if you want to go buy a good boat, and you want to, or let's say if you wanted to start a boat factory, you'd probably start it in the Carolinas because there's a lot of boat builders there. Um, and it's right. the same thing with Indiana. There's quite a bit of, you know, highly talented carpenters. And, you know, one of the greatest things that you have is, is um, what I was most impressed with is the, is the painting area. So your humidity is lower in the, in the right. area. You have a conditioned environment. So your paint and your staining and, and all the extra features that you do and the cabinets that I've, you know, um, you know, cr- created by way of, you know, through Bremtown, you know, on paper rather. And then you guys execute the hard stuff. I mean, have been next to none. You know, it's a spectacular finish. And just like you said, the fit and finish is absolutely unbelievable. Your product comes over in furniture wrap, which is, which is the most, um, the coolest thing. So it comes by way of these trucks and then it's got, it doesn't have plastic wrap on it. It doesn't have cardboard. It has furniture wrap. I mean, you're getting, you know, very heavy pieces of furniture that we happen to glue, you know, into the walls and make sure, you know, or screw rather and, and make sure that they're, that they're stationary. So, so we'll be back in a little bit. This is James Ramos with move with me radio. I'm here with Tim Johnson, the owner and CEO of Remtown cabinetry in Bremen, Indiana. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're here. This is James Ramos with the move with me radio program. I'm here with Tim Johnson, the owner of Bremtown cabinetry in Bremen, Indiana. It's one of our fantastic products. Um, it's our main, um, mainstay, if, if you will, for cabinetry here in Tampa in our, in our showroom. And we're here with Tim. I wanted to go right into questions, Tim. These are some common questions that, that all of our consumers have. So I have photos of what I want. You know, many, many of our clients will come in with tour out shots, maybe some of, of you know, from magazines, um, whether it's pictures of friends' places or hows. You know, H-O-U-Z-Z.com is a real popular website. So they come in and they're basically like, why do I need a kitchen designer? This is what I want. You know, just copy it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. I mean, first of all, the, the, the kitchen designers at Dakota Kitchen and Bath, are, they're professionals. I mean, they understand the details. It, it's a lot more complicated than it looks. And I think the, you know, a great salesperson is going to talk to the, to the homeowner and try to understand how they use the space and what their family is like and how many children do they have and do they have elderly people in the family as well. And, and so it's all about the right fit for the space. 
Secondly, move, moving that to both function to fit the needs. And then lastly, but not least, is aesthetics. You know, so you want to have an aesthetically uh, beautiful kitchen that, that's going to last you for years and years. So that's why I would hire a professional to do my kitchen. I, I agree. Here's another one for you. So why should I buy cabinets made by a cabinet manufacturer when a friend of mine bought custom cabinets from a guy who makes them locally in a small shop for less money? What's the difference? That's a pretty common question, I think, James. And, and what I would look at is I would look at process. And a guy in a, in a small shop is, is not going to have the processes that manufacturer like Bremtown has, you know, we have people that are highly trained that, that come in every day and really focus on doing the same job day in, day out. And I say that in a very respectful way because they they become experts in what they're doing and not sort of a generalist. And then finally, I think it's finished. Most guys that are in small shops are not finishing in a clean, well-controlled environment. So, you know, you got high humidity that's causing the wood to move and, you know, you have dirt that's possibly in the air. And so at at Bremtown, you know, we have a very controlled environment and professional sprayers that that that's all they do. They they don't build doors and they they don't build uh, the boxes. That's all they do every day is spray finish. So so they become, you know, experts at that at that uh that operation. Well, you know, I could, I could, you know, give you my, my sentiments as far as, you know, why, when, when a consumer asks like, Hey, you know, I got this guy, he made some cabinets for a friend of mine and I think he's a good deal. You know, we've done, you know, quite a bit of projects in, in the Tampa Bay area. And, you know, I look at the cabinet side, there's, it's so intimate to the client, you know, cause it is the fit and finish. It's the jewelry of the home you know, outside right. of the appliances and things like that. So, so it's very important. And when you walk through your factory, it kind of speaks to um, the quality and the customization that you have. And the fact that you're, you know, what, a thousand some miles away, it doesn't really matter with the technology today. We build these, you know, we create the shop drawings. We, we, we double check them, you know, bef- you know, once the sheetrock is up and things like that, and then we let it rip. And then you provide a product yeah. um, that's next to none. You know, so all of the finish work um, from from the start of the construction. I mean, your your plywood is is thicker than the average. You know, the boxes are more sturdy. So if there's a, ever a leak in your kitchen faucet or or things like that, you're not worried about replacing the base. Um, you know, of your cabinets and things. And, you know, not to mention your finish work. I mean, you create um, these. You know, in our showroom we have you know the Euro overlay doors, and then we have. Um, several linear footage of these inset doors. And when people look at it, they're like, wow, you know, I really like that. And I don't know if they're talking about the color or if they're talking about, you know, the way the door sets into the frame. Um, you know, so I asked them, I said, what do you like about it? And they said, I just, you know, it's just a really, it looks really good and it's unique and it's different. So when I, you know, I focus it, it's typically the inset doors. And, and I tell them, I said, you know, th- there's not many people, if any, that I know in Florida that actually do these inset doors. And a lot of the listeners are like, James, what? I, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So if you look at a piece of furniture and there's a frame, you know, and your drawer sets into the frame, that's an inset door. And for the right. most part, you know, there's, it's like, what is your, you know, your variance is like a quarter inch or less. No. So we hold a tolerance of a 32nd of an inch all the way around uh, the door, all the way around the perimeter of the door and the face frame. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that. 
in a, in a, in an environment like Florida and actually expect it for the drawers to actually work. Right. We actually, they would expand uh, and contrast and. Right, right. We, we actually fit each door to each opening. So they are made for each other. Yeah. I mean, and some of the things like your dovetail drawers, I mean, you polish the edges around them. So when you open up the drawers, tell us about that piece. I mean, what, what, what makes you want to go the extra mile and make even the drawer boxes look so great? Well, we think that uh, we find that the drawer boxes are really a tire kicker for people. So people come in and they see a beautiful kitchen and they go, wow, this is beautiful. And so, and then they move towards it and they seem to touch, they want to touch the finish. They want to reach out and feel it. And then they feel a difference. And then it seems like the very next thing they do is, is open the top drawer. They want to see what the drawer box looks like, and and you're absolutely right. So then, so we're like three three levels down now, looking at the level of quality of what of what Brimtown is. So they're pulling the drawer box open, and then they're, they're they see the dovetail joint. They know it's strong, and it seems like everybody is familiar with that. And then they touch the joint and they say, "Wow, this is this is not a pre finished material that's just just pressed together for the dovetail joint." This joinery was made, it's sanded and, and uh, made smooth, and then it goes through a three-step finish process. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the level of detail that, that we're looking at. So when people uh, experience a Bramtown kitchen, uh, you know, they're, they're really, to me, that's why Dakota Design, Dakota Kitchen and Bath and Ramos Design Builder, it's just, it's just a great fit because Dakota Kitchen and Bath expects quality every time coming out of Bremtown, and that's what Bremtown produces, and that's what Ramos Design Build expects as well. So Bremtown's not certainly for everyone, but it's for people who do value quality, and and I think that's why it's such a great fit. uh, You know, know, regarding price, um, you know, I wouldn't say you're the – you're by no means um, the cheapest of, of, of the bunch. But, but when right. you look at um, the customization, for example, if you're designing and building a house, I want the listeners out there to recognize that just because you go to a Lowe's or Home Depot and you get these um, prefabricated cabinets that are really not custom, obviously they're not custom at all, and you end up making modifications to them, a lot of these brands end up costing more than just going with a custom brand from the start. I mean, you're making, you know, you start modifying this box to that box, and then they're creating all this extra, extra work for the manufacturer. We carried a line, um, you know, like that in the past. And I tell you, there was so much problem with, with the product that by the time we added up how many times our guys went back and forth, I mean, we could have just gone and bought Bremtown and, and, and had a great product from the start, and we would have saved the 50 trips that our guys had to make fixing drawer boxes, doors were backwards. I, I mean, it was just, it was one folly after the other. You know, I tell you, so. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely, James. I mean, and we, we look at it as when people redo a kitchen, that's a, that's a big investment. So it's not just a spend on their home, but it's an investment. And they, they, they want to make a, a great investment. They want to feel like, hey, we're going to live in this kitchen uh, for a while, and so we're going to love it. But we're also investing in our property. And, and so, you know, the, the value proposition that, that Bremtown brings is it, it, it may cost 10% more or even 20% more uh, up front, but in the end, uh, the, the return on investment is, 
is very high. And actually, the value proposition is high as well because you're going to get 100% better quality uh, than you are from a from a you know a big box store. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, so. I mean, you're you're right on. I mean, we have we have over a hundred agents in Remax Beta Bay, and you can ask any one of them. And the number one thing people. Uh, when they're walking somebody through a home, you know, their job is to actually show, you know, show, show what the home could be much of the time, especially the markets that we, that we farm in. And the first thing people want to know is, is let, let me go look at the kitchen. Is it closed right. in? Is it open? You know, how much is this going to cost? And I tell you, it's a struggle when, when the kitchen needs to be renovated. Sometimes, you know, that agent could have a great home, great location, and the kitchen is just not up to speed and they end up you know, having to put these people back in the car and, um, you know, <laughs> finding another place. So what we try to do is just give them all the tools to be able to design and build a great kitchen. This was another episode of Move With Me Radio with James Ramos. Great guest today, Tim Johnson from Bremtown Cabinetry. If you want to visit us, visit us at jamesramos.com or tweet us at JRTPA. Looking forward to your questions. We're here every Sunday at 11 a.m. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed all of the program or want to hear it again, listen to the podcast on jamesramos.com or on YouTube at Ramos Media Network. See you next week with Ramos Design Build, Tampa Bay's premier real estate design, build, and construction company.